So I have a uh, more of a daily checklist. It's also written. A lot of people will use their their phones and stuff like that. And I know I'm sounding like I'm like old school or something like that. I use my phone for everything except for just a handful of things. And this is one of them. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple. Prior to the show, we sit down with successful six, seven, and eight-figure online entrepreneurs, figure out how they got there and how you can do the same. So today we're talking with Alex Sanfilippo. And Alex is somebody who I originally met at FinCon. It's a conference. It was over down in Orlando, probably close to a year ago now. We linked up a couple times at the conference. He was a really cool guy. I was super glad I got to meet him. And he is doing a couple very interesting things right now. So the first thing that we're going to be talking about is how he was able, actually able to go from being in, in the back of like a storeroom, like breaking down boxes to the top of the top of this aerospace company. Okay. He really was able to, to climb the corporate ladder and that is what he chose to do. But all the while on the side, he was running different side businesses. Okay. So he, at one point was in real estate at one point he, and, and now where he's at is he's doing coaching and group coaching, which, which is what we're going to dive into a lot and how you can um, start your own coaching business. But not only that, also, the importance of self-reflection, that's something that we cover a lot in this episode, and it's something that I really have not thought much about in my own life, because uh, looking back and, and re-listening to this conversation now, I realized that that I personally am not someone who reflects a lot, okay? I don't really look back at my life all that often and, and see where I've come from and where I'm going, and I don't do a lot of reflection, but this episode is, is for you if you're somebody who, who isn't in that habit yet or somebody who wants to further develop their practice of reflecting on their life and really establishing like where did I come from where am I going because that's that's something if you want to make progress in life you have to know where you're starting you have to know where you came from and that is something we go very deep on in this interview um so without further ado, I'm going to stop rambling, and we are going to get Alex on the show. So whatever you're doing right now, if you're walking the dog, if you're going to the gym, if you are driving to work, I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview um, on Young Smart Money. All right, Alex, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? Hey, Apple. I'm doing good, man. Appreciate you having me on, having me yeah. on today. It is a pleasure to have you here. Alex and I originally met at FinCon, a conference, um, just about almost a year ago at this point. Yeah. Um, and we really connected. We hung out a bit. And um, yeah, we made a good connection. And I want to have him on the show to share his experience with you guys because he's done a lot in the last 12 months. Um, seeing where his business was at then and where it's at now, I was like, dang, dude, we got to get you on the show. We got to right. uh, share your story with these listeners because like, you've really, really made a huge transformation. So Alex, um, I know I talked a bit about you in the intro and what you're doing right now, but could you give our listeners a quick like 60 second snapshot of where yeah. you are in time right now? And then we're going to oh, flash absolutely. back and sort of bring us um, into the present. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So quick 60 second like overview of where I'm at right now mm -hmm. is about 12 months ago, like you said, when we had met, I was doing just business coaching, personal coaching. And I had this realization that I was never going to make the impact I wanted to because there's only so many hours in the day and devoting one-on-one -on -one attention wasn't able to help me or it wasn't able to help me help enough people. And that's something that I really wanted to do. So because of that, I moved my entire strategy to more of a community build. So it's more of a mastermind group where there's a lot of people helping each other out instead of just one-on-one. -on -one. And of course, you still always will have that one-on-one -on -one interaction, but now it's just formed around a community of people helping each other out. So that's what we've been able to switch from. Again, one-on-one -on -one coaching to group style coaching or mastermind. I love it. I love it. And um, I'm actually a part of a couple of masterminds right now. And I can tell you that stuff is, is really phenomenal. Oh, yeah. When you have a good Absolutely. group of people together, there's, there's amazing, amazing things you can do and amazing um, realizations you can have. But 
Alex, the place that I always like to start, this is called Young Smart Money. So I want to dive a little bit back in time to when you were a bit younger. Talk right. to us about middle school and high school in particular. What were you like? Were you the kid that was studying all the time? Were you the kid in the back of the class selling shoes? Like what, what was that experience looking like for you in, uh, in your younger years? Yeah, this one might be a little different than the normal because I was actually homeschooled all the way through school. Really? Yes, all the way through. So yeah, everyone who's listening is thinking now, oh, he's one of those weirdos. So <laughs> here we go, right? Um, that's the normal response to get like, wow, actually I've heard this my whole life. Wow, you're really normal for a homeschool kid. And I'm like, is there something wrong with us? You know, like I feel like I'm a normal kid. But uh, anyway, going back to, to middle school, high school particularly, I, I, I knew instead of my parents that I was a little bit different than most kids. And I'll tell you something that's the, the sad part of my story first off is that I wasn't good at sports. I wasn't good at music and I wasn't good at video games. That is the most unfortunate place on earth to be when you're not good at any of those things. So that's kind of like where I landed. And I was like, man, I got to figure something out here. And I was decent at school. I did okay. Mm -hmm. um, I got, you know, average grades, I'd say. But the one thing I started realizing at a young age is I loved the idea of making money and running business. Hmm. And it wasn't just like the money that I loved. I just love the act of making it. Like I, I oftentimes just gave it to some of my friends, my brothers when they needed it. I didn't really like care to, to have it all the time. I just wanted to make it. Hmm. And um, so I can remember like as a kid sitting in the neighborhood being like, man, what could we do? Like talking to my neighbor, I can remember this conversation. We were both like 12 or 13, not even, I guess we were younger than that, 10 or 12. And just kind of sitting there like, what, what could we do? And uh, we saw some kids in the neighborhood one time selling some lemonade. I'm like, 25 cents for lemonade. I'm like, how much does that cost? So I did like all this math in my head because, you know, I'm just now learning all this math, right? And uh, I decided, I'm like, that's, that's a lot of work for not a lot of return. Like, I don't want to sit out there for four hours on the side of the road selling lemonade. So yeah. I started looking at the golfers because there was a golf course in the neighborhood. I'm like, those are the guys that have the money, not the people driving on the road. I'm like, we got to get to them somehow. So we had this idea to get golf balls out of the lakes because they're all terrible. They just have a lot of money, so they like to play golf. Apparently, that goes hand in hand usually. <laughs> so they're not great. So they're all hitting them in the water. I'm like, well, is there like a retriever or something like that? We could easily get that. And sure enough, there's like a golf ball retriever specifically for that. So me and I recruited some more people. So there's like five of us in the neighborhood at this point, And we are all digging golf balls out of the lakes, cleaning them up. And then we decided the seventh tee box was like the ideal spot because they're almost finished with the front nine. So they're not, they're not ready to quit, but they might be running out of golf balls or just know they might need something. So yeah, we started selling golf balls. And this is again, when I was between 10 and 12, not sure exactly. And between the five of us, we were bringing in $100 each on a Saturday morning for four hours of work. Wow. So, yeah, we were really excited about it. And then we started selling lemonade on the side. You know, you add things to the, to the mix. <laughs> as it goes along. Yeah. yeah, so that was kind of my first business venture, if you will. It wasn't like a corporation or anything legit like that. You know, it was just some cute kids selling, selling some golf balls and some, some drinks for you. So, but um really enjoyed that and actually kind of set me on fire as a kid to realize, okay, so I'm not good at these other things, but I am good at running a business because I was able to manage the people there. I was able to actually had inventory, all those type of things, which again, sounds weird when you're talking about golf balls as kids, right? <laughs> but um, fast forward a few years, I was um, 16 and I decided I, real estate always sounded interesting to me. At that point, I was too young to really invest, but sure. I was part of a technology startup at that age where we invented the original uh, 360 tours. So some people might be familiar with this, but it's like when you're looking at uh, houses online, any of these websites now, and sometimes they'll let you like drag around. So it's like yeah. one picture, but you can like drag in a circle. So we came up with that software and um, we had four photographers and three editors that were going out actually taking virtual tours of homes. So they're going out taking the pictures, we were stitching them together, posting on the MLS. So did really well with that. And um, yeah, that was what I did through through high school and we can talk more about the rest if you'd like to but that's kind of my early ages if you will 
Sure. How do you get involved in that startup? Uh, it was actually somebody who reached out to me. It was a friend of my, I think it was like one of my dad's friends. And uh, he mentioned he needs somebody young who's smart on a computer who can just figure out, you know, figures out like his own way around it and how to design things. So I, I just, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'm up to the challenge. So we just kind of started working together and we figured out how to do it. Mm, 100%. And like just having your name out there is a huge, huge thing that a lot of people oh, yeah. aren't thinking about. But like if you, if people know who you are and you come top of mind when somebody comes up with an issue like that, that's, that's a really valuable thing. And that's going to open up some huge, huge doors for you going forward. Yes, absolutely. And for me, what it did is, you know, not to get too ahead of us, our conversation here, sure. but it enabled me to really get into real estate at a young age because people knew who I was. And that mm. helped me out at the age of 18 when I was ready to get started. Yeah, I bet. Like having your name associated with that uh, project has got to be mm. got to be some huge brand equity in yourself. So talk to us about um, really moving and making that move into real estate at a, at a young age of 18. Yeah. So I, I decided, like, I think I knew at 16, as soon as I started doing these, these tours, because I, I wasn't necessarily in real estate at that point. I was just kind of working in the industry, but I wasn't sure. actually buying the, the product, if you will. But uh, every time they were doing them, I was like asking questions about these, these houses because I wasn't the one going to them. It was a lot of my, my photographers that were. So they were like going and taking these pictures. I was like, hey man, like, did they add that room? You know, like how many bathrooms did they have in that house? Like, do you think it was original? Like asking just these questions because I was curious. And they're like, man, you have a lot of questions about these houses. Like, why don't you come out and look at them? I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm good. And then like the day I turned 18, I'm like, you know what? I want to buy rental properties. Like that sounds like fun. So yeah, again, just because I had some connections at this point, I was able to get in with a realtor real quick and we were able to start doing deals. And um, yeah, I, I felt like I was doing great. I had a great time. Um, and uh, I have to have like a, a negative in there, unfortunately, but that's, this was before 2006. Mm. And um, yeah, so, or 2007, I should say it was in uh, 2006, 2007. And that's when it crashed. So that kind of set me back. Uh, I like to say 10 years. Wow. So it sent me back a little bit, but it was a really cool experience being in real estate. And I'm now I'm back in real estate and I'm profitable and things like that again. And that's always going to be a side gig for me. I enjoy it. I don't ever think it'll be my primary again because I have too many other passions, but um, rental properties and having um, a property management company on the side is real easy for me to do. And anytime I have enough capital to kind of go back in and do another deal, I'm going to do it. Mm. You said you have your own property management company or you bring somebody in to do that? No, actually, it's a company that I partnered with. Um, mm. Again, just using those connections. It's the same type of thing. I had people that were willing to, to work with me. They're willing to give me a deal. So I've kind of always had them in my back pocket when I was decided after kind of recovering financially. Yeah. I was ready to get back into real estate, give this a shot again. I was able just to reach out to that person and they, were, they set me up. Like within a day, I had them as my property manager. They gave me a great deal and uh, I've been working with them. So I consider them a business partner. It's not one that I own, but they are a business partner in my mind. Oh, that's huge, dude. Okay. So the market crashes, we're in like 2007, 2008 right now. Right. Yep. Um, what are, what are you doing? So I decided to actually get into, uh, you know, I wanted to do business. I loved it. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going to a company that was in aerospace, which is one of the invincible industries at that point. So um, un unaffected by any of the, the economy, really, uh, people still need to fly. People still need to get places. And um, so I decided I'm going to get into the commercial side and um, the civil commercial side of, of aviation. So I got in with a company and I just started as a part-time guy in the, in the warehouse. So I was actually a receiving clerk and a lot of my time was spent breaking down boxes, counting inventory, all those type of things. I came in again at the bottom and I was perfectly fine with that. I think I, I kind of came into that season of my life as, as like in a place of humility, if you will, hmm. because I just knew like what I had been through and yeah. just... I couldn't be that cocky guy that I was trying to be before. And that's a whole different topic and story. But you know, when you start getting some success, it's real easy to kind of get this, um, 
persona about you, if you will, and kind of people kind of see you as a certain type of person. I just, I knew I didn't want to be that person. And after kind of having that big financial deficit, I was like, you know, I need to change. And so I, I was humbly there, happy to do whatever they'd let me do. So I was part-time just doing receiving and real quick, I, I got moved to full-time. Um, I got moved to another department. So I got promoted a lot really quick just because again, my mind has always kind of naturally been just driven by business. Like I understand how to make a business work and how to make it profitable. Mm-hmm. And uh, so fast forward many years, um, I've, I'm actually still with that company. Um, I, I love working a like in corporate America. I think it's really healthy for me because it gives me the perspective of of doing that, you know, actually what corporate America looks like. And I love having side hustles and things like mm-hmm. that. So all my businesses are on the side of that. And I plan on keeping it that way for a while. But today, if you want to just fast forward that far, there's a lot of lessons in between. But now I, I run one of the divisions of the company. There's five divisions of the company. We're a publicly traded Canadian company, actually. So yeah, I sit at this table with people that are far, far older than me. And I like to call myself just a sponge because they have so much more knowledge than I do. I'm thankful to be there, but I do my best just to learn everything I can from this group of people. But I run the commercial operations division. So I oversee profit margins, processes, anything basically that is moving within the company is my responsibility. Wow. That's a massive, that's a massive climb. Like that's, that's the American dream right there, man. Just like climbing the corporate ladder from the bottom to the top. It is. And it, by the way, it's not an overnight success story. I mean, this is over no. 12, this is over 12 years of, uh, of time. So it's not like really quick or anything like that. Sure. Absolutely. So um, talk, to, talk to us now about, about the businesses that you were starting on the side while you were growing with this, um, with this, um, this aerospace company. Yeah. So really, again, I think that all of us have more time than we might realize. Okay. So for a lot of people, they, they have a nine to five job and that's all they have the energy for. They can't do anything else. And I understand some people have a different capacity than other people, but I think that it's important to like still live out your passions. So example, one of them being real estate, still a passion of mine. I, I know now it's place. It's one of my side hustles always will be. I'm very hands off with it, but I enjoy finding a deal and actually getting it landed and helping somebody out by having them as a renter. I enjoy that. So that's one of my side hustles. I'm not going to talk about that too much because it's pretty straightforward. It's just normal rental properties, you know, sure. buy and hold. That's what I'm doing. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I do them locally here in my city. It just makes sense for me to be able to kind of have them around where, where I'm at. It's a good city. Jacksonville, Florida is, is booming right now. So um, but the other thing I've been doing, I, I've always enjoyed the coaching side of things. As I mentioned kind of early on in our conversation, mm-hmm. I really enjoy just helping somebody else go from A to B or A to Z, whatever is where they're trying to get. I'm really good on the organizational side of business. So strategy, execution, any of those type of things is just one of my strong suits. So I've always enjoyed sitting with people and helping them like just grow their business in that way. So I, I've naturally, I think coaching was just something that, that I enjoyed doing. So I started traveling around, speaking at conferences picking up clients that way and just kind of helping people again, get from A to B, A to Z, wherever it is they're trying to go. And um, I've enjoyed that for a long time. It's been really fun. And then I kind of last year around the time I met you, I was in the middle of this transition sitting there at this conference. I'm thinking, man, there's all these people like wanting to work with me at this conference. And I'm, I'm, I can only say yes to three of them. Mm. And you know, that's like a, for me, that was kind of like a bad feeling. I'm like, well, I love helping people. I can do this more. And I started thinking, well, I can get out of aerospace. I've been in it for a long time, but financially I, I can do it. But you know, deep down inside, I'm like, well, I still really learn a lot. I'm still growing there. I should probably stay. So it was like this huge dilemma going on inside of me. Like, what do I actually do? And that's when I kind of got the idea of, well, let's do some sort of community driven mastermind, if you will. It's just, it's a giant community now is what we're doing where we're just adding people that were coaching. So I'm still there coaching them. There's also other people and I actually like it better because I don't have every skill that I need, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to teach something to somebody that I'm not going to be able to teach. 
So it'd be great for you to be part of it as well. Mm. You know, that's not, I'm not necessarily telling you that right now, but like in general, it'd be yeah. good to have more and more type of people. So we've got people that are really good at web design. So when there's people and they're like, Hey, how do I, Alex, how do I get like a website going and like really make it that's in a way that's going to succeed. That's SEO ready. Mm-hmm. I might know a little bit about it, but I'm like, Hey, I got another guy in here who's fantastic at that. That's who you should talk to. So the whole idea is just for all of us to kind of help each other out. And this is kind of my newest venture, if you will. This is what I've transformed into over the last 12 months. And thus far, it's gone pretty good. We, we're really enjoying it. I've got a team of people that are working together and we're really, we're helping a lot of people. And that to me is what it's all about. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about uh, the process of, of starting up these, these side hustles and, and coaching in particular. Like what made you, obviously you wanted to help people, but what made you think that coaching was the right route to go down? Obviously there's online courses, there's now you're doing a mastermind, but like when you were starting off, why'd you pick coaching? You know, I think that we overcomplicate a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was me at one point as well. When I, when I decided I wanted to do something on the side, I, I didn't know what to do. So I kind of just started thinking, oh, I'm going to try this because there's people making a lot of money doing it. So I'd run after whatever it is that was at that mm-hmm. time. But I quickly realized that if we kind of sit back and reflect on our lives and ask the people closest to us what they think we're naturally good at, you'll be really surprised the answers you get. Mm-hmm. And one of the answers I got was people tell me, Alex, you're a phenomenal coach. You're great at listening to people and you offer sound advice and you're willing to like follow through and help somebody all the way till the end. And that's kind of like my, my eye opener, if you will. I'm like, well, maybe I should try some coaching. It was one of those things I really just sat back and kind of reflected on my life, like I said, and I just was looking at where I was going and what natural strengths I had inside of me already. And that's really what made the most sense. And it's the first thing that I'll, I'll say I did as a side hustle that really took traction, that really gained any form of traction, and that also really like just elevated my passion. Like I realized I really loved that. Hmm. So, so before that, I'm assuming there were a couple other things that you tried and didn't stick with. Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think, I think we've all got those things, right? I did the, um, I did the web design thing for a while and, uh, it was fun for me. I didn't have enough patience with clients that like, Hey, I definitely want ABC. I'm like, okay. And they're like, no, I want one, two, three instead. And I'm like, oh man, like you already paid for it. Like, what do you want from me? You know, Um, it was fun for a little bit. So I did that and, um, it was profitable, but it was just so much work. And I, I really, quickly realized I didn't enjoy it. It just takes one or two bad clients for me to, for me to have been like, no, I can't do this anymore. So I did that. I did some uh, training with blogs. So just actually like went on to the training side of things. So like SEO and how to write good copy. And I still do a bit of that now. It's just changed. But at that point, I was focused on that specifically. And same thing. It was a lot of energy. And the people that were coming to me, a lot of them were not willing to change anything they were doing. Mm-hmm. I think they just wanted me to tell them they were doing it right. So again, it was kind of like, just hitting a wall. I'm like, man, you got to like, you need to go take a creative writing class. If you want to be a writer. Is what I'm telling people. And they're like, no, I think I'll just keep on doing what I'm doing. I'm like, it's not going to work. I'm like, why are you talking to me? So, um, that was another one of them. Um, gosh, there's probably a few more in there, but none of them were like, you know, none of them were really like long. I wasn't doing money even for like a long period of time. They're fairly short. And I was quickly, I was able to realize that it wasn't what I wanted to do. And that might make me sound scatterbrained, but the truth is because I had this nine to five corporate America job, these things were just me exploring my different passions or ideas. So I think it was actually really healthy. They went through and did all that. And it's all led me to where I am now. Oh yeah. And like you were saying before, people have a nine to five and they think that's all of their time. And like me personally, I'm a student and people think that's all my time, but no, I have mm-hmm. so much additional time that I can invest into trying so many different things. That's going to give me a huge like leg up on figuring out what I actually want to do and what I actually want to like double down and really invest into with my yeah, time. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it's, it's all about trying new things, especially at a young age. Like I can't, I can't stress that enough. Like anytime somebody's like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm like, 
well, just try a bunch of things and like try see what something. you like and exactly. see what you don't. Yeah. Man, that's, that's what I, I, I preach that when a lot of people are like, man, I just don't know what I want to do. I'm like, well, just try the first thing that comes to mind then. Like yeah. if, if you have some form of stable, you know, if you, if you don't have like any sort of stable income, I, I get it. You might need to be a little bit more choosy with it, you know, but if sure. you've got something that's bringing you in a steady income, get out there and give it a shot. Like at the very least you pick up experience, you learn how to learn a little bit better. Like learning a new skill is great for your mind. It stretches it. I would not be doing what I'm doing today if I hadn't done I'll say the majority of these things, some of them were pointless, but you know, the majority of them, the ones I mentioned, those were all very important steps in where I am today and what I'm doing. Mm, 100%. And like one thing that I want that I'm curious about your, your opinion on is like, so when you're trying a new thing, obviously you're going to hit roadblocks, you're going to hit stressors, you're oh, yeah. going to hit things that, that aren't, that you're going to hit setbacks essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you personally decipher between when it's time to pivot and try something different and when it's just a setback that you need to push through? That's, it's an excellent question. Really is an excellent question. Uh, I think that a lot of us, especially younger generations, myself included in this, as soon as we hit a roadblock, we're like, well, that must not be it. Yeah. And that's, that's really not the, the right attitude. Like there is, there's something we said for perseverance and for pressing on. I love the story and you know, I'm, I'm blanking on the name right now, but you ever heard the story three feet from gold three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So the whole concept around it, I'll just say it really quick it's this, this, this group of people that were digging out near California and they've been, they had all the equipment they needed. They're digging for gold and they never hit gold. They just kept on going, kept on going, never made it anywhere. And finally they hit the point where they just stopped drilling. Like, you know what? We're done. We're selling this gear exactly where it is, how it is. We're getting out of here. They did that. They got rid of it. They sold it to a company. That next company picked up and in the exact same spot where the equipment was, they dug three more feet and they struck gold. And yep. to me, the reminder of that story is just don't quit too soon. I think some one of so many of us we just want we just want to stop like we're just like well I guess that's it and so you know to to say like I say all that just to say like keep on going keep on pressing on so there is a time obviously when you know you have to stop mm-hmm. if you've just hit a, a point where you've literally had no fruit from it it's draining you you feel no fulfillment from it at all the people that are closest to you in your life are telling you that it's a bad thing that's an indicator that it might be time to to stop or to slow down or take a small adjustment. Um, I, I've always found that to be the biggest thing for me. It, it goes back to self-reflection, sitting back and saying, Alex, where is this going to take me? Like even best case scenario, what is this, what's going to happen here? And then I go, worst case scenario, what's going to happen here? And if it's something I'm saying, this is draining my energy, it's draining my, my passion. And it's just something that feels like it's never going to be able to go anywhere. That's why I know it's time to stop. But a lot of it's going to come down to you really knowing yourself and then knowing the potential of what you're doing. And then for me, I have great friends in my life and mentors in my life. I keep them in, around a lot. And mm. you know, they don't always all agree. Sometimes half of them could say one thing, the other half could say another thing. But the truth is, that's when it comes back down to me reflecting myself saying, Alex, is this right? Do I know that this is right? Totally with you, man. And, and self-reflection is something that I'm really trying to implement a lot more into my life right now. It's, it's something that I really have been skimping on just because in my brain, I don't associate self-reflection with uh, production of, of results because I'm very like execution focused. Like I want to constantly yeah, like me. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And like sitting back for like a little bit and just like thinking about like my week or thinking about my day or thinking about like what I've done in the last six months to me in my body, it just doesn't feel like I'm executing. It feels like I'm like wasting time. So how do you implement self-reflection into your life? Do you have certain periods where you're like, all right, I'm going to sit down and reflect on my week or reflect on my month or, or is it more unstructured for you? Well, first off, I'm going to ask a question. Execution. Yeah. That's something that you and I are both good at. Mm-hmm. 
What does it take to execute? To me, execution usually means producing tangible results. I mean, that's, that's usually the definition that I roll with. Right. And to do that, it takes discipline. Like you have to yeah. be disciplined to execute and to, yeah. to get those results. So discipline is also what it takes to reflect. You have to be able to visualize it as the same thing as executing. So mm-hmm. executing, like getting results, seeing financial results, it's the same type of concept, but it's in our mind instead. And it's extremely important. It takes self-discipline because I'm like you. I, I love to see results. I love to see things happening. And you don't exactly see things like that happening when you're just reflecting. Like yeah. It's all internal. So no one else is ever going to see the benefit of it either. The only place you're going to see it is in your own mind and mm-hmm. in your own, the own, your own life of what happens after you're doing that. So for me, it's taking a lot of self-discipline is the very first thing. And I'm a bit of a structure guy. Some people aren't like this. Some people are more free flowing. But for me, the best way that I've been able to do this is to implement it weekly. So I do it on Sunday mornings is my time to to myself. It's when I sit down. It's when I'm doing my own self-reflection. And I just kind of sit back and think about the past week. And sometimes it's the past month. Other times it's the past year. Just depends on what it is really. Hmm. And um, one of the biggest ones I actually do is on around my birthday, not on my birthday always, but right around my birthday, I reflect on the previous year of my life. And I really sit back and think about Alex, where did you start the year? And where did you end the year? What did you how did you grow? Where did you really struggle? All those type of things are really important questions to ask. So again, me being a bit more structured every week, going back to like the weekly reflection, because that's the big one for me, is I, I ask myself these questions every week, I look at what I did the, the week before and just look at, okay, this is where I was producing the most fruit in my life. This is where I was really moving business forward. And here's where I was lacking the most. And then I'll reevaluate and be like, okay, can I sub out where I was doing the worst? Is there a way I can pass Mm. off to somebody so I can focus more on the areas where I was really growing and making things happen? Mm. I mean, yeah, because I, 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 yeah, a lot of times it feels like I'm just banging my head against the wall and doing the same thing. And that's because I'm not stopping to look back at like, okay, what did I do that produced results? What did I do Mm. that didn't produce results? And how can I audit that going forward to make sure that I'm actually doing things that are, that are effective and moving me in the right direction. And, and that's where I think self-reflection could really come in and, and provide me with some clarity. So um, going off of that weekly reflection, is that where you recommend somebody would get started or, or for somebody like me or somebody like our younger listeners here, um, where would you recommend somebody get started if they, they don't have a routine of self-reflection, if they don't really have a practice of it, what are, what are some of the best ways to sort of just get your feet in the water and, um, get started with some, with some self-reflection practices? Yeah. First off, self-reflection and just having a routine in your life is key. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like to believe that most successful entrepreneurs, if not all of them have some form of routine in their lives, whether it's a morning routine, evening routine, all the above type of thing. But this needs to just be another part of your routine is to do this reflection. If you're just getting started, the best thing you can do is sit down and have a conversation with yourself. And I always recommend doing this with no technology. I know some people totally disagree with that, especially people that are even younger than me. It's like, what, without my phone, without my notepad, you know, like how oh, I do this or my iPad, I said notepad, but you actually <laughs> just take your notepad. That's what I do. I have like a, a journal, if you will, or captain's log, if you want a cooler name for it. Right. <laughs> so um, I'll take this and uh, I'll basically lock myself in a room and it's just me, that notepad and usually some music. I'm a little bit ADD. So it's nice to have something in the background so I don't go crazy. Um, but I'll just sit there and start asking myself questions. But I've gotten in the habit of doing this at least once every couple years, if I can. I'll actually leave my normal surrounding. I'll get a hotel room somewhere, just me. And it's all I'm taking, I don't even take my phone. I don't take anything. I take, wow. my, I take my, my journal and a pen and I get ready just to have a, a couple days where I just sit down and really think about my life. And that to me is the best place anybody can start. 
because mm-hmm. when you know who you are and you understand who that person is, you're going to go so much further than you ever would in, in your personal life, in your relationship life, and also in your professional life. You're going to go so much further when you just really understand who you are at your core. So for me, like big questions I ask, if, if you're kind of wondering yeah. that. Um, the first one, this one's kind of weird. I talk to myself in 10 years from now. So one of the conversations is that I write down, this is a question I, I answer almost every week. What would Alex in 10 years from now say to Alex today? So another way to say it is, what would 41-year-old Alex say to 31-year-old Alex about where hmm. I am today? And you know, when you really think of yourself that from that perspective, you're able to get in that frame of mind. Again, it sounds super weird. The first few times I did, I'm like, I don't even know what to think. But think about somebody so much further along than you in business. What does that person look like? And what are they doing? And it's almost always... I almost always get the same answer. It's okay. Well, you know, don't watch as much TV as you do, or, you know, it's things like that. It's like, well, stop watching TV or stop focusing on these things that really stress you out. Focus on these things that are really driving business forward. And those are always the conversations I have. But from that like top level question, I'm able to get some actionable steps to what I can do today to get closer to what I feel like the future me would tell me. Mm. And I think that's a really important, a really, really important thing to ask. And then just get real with yourself. Like, again, what stresses you out the most? What's, what's adding those value? What do you love to do the most? Where are you just really missing it? Like where are areas that you know you need to be more disciplined in, but you're just ignoring them or not willing to do them? I look at, in this weekly reflection, something I'll do towards the end of it is I, I actually go grab my phone and I'll look at the, uh, I have an, an iPhone. So I look at the screen time, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Um, and see how long I've been on the, on the phone. And I'll look at the different applications and almost always, you know, just being transparent here, like, it's, it's Instagram and yep. Facebook that are up at the top of the list. But the truth is, I'm like, well, how much of that is real business? And then I'll mm. sit down and I'll actually write down, okay, it takes me about 20 minutes a day for actual work, but I'm on it an hour a day. I'm like, what I need to do is get self-disciplined enough where I can say 20 minutes I'm working and then the rest of it I'm not browsing. I don't need to do that. Mm. And that right there, I mean, because the truth is you have 24 hours in a day. For me, eight of it's working, eight of it's sleeping. So I've got eight left. And if I'm wasting one hour of that doing something that's not fruitful at all, then I'm, I'm wasting one eighth of my time that could potentially be doing something. So when you think of that 30 year period, that's, that's a lot of years you're wasting just scrolling through social media mindlessly. Yeah. So these are the things that come up in my reflection time, man. That's, it's deep stuff, but this is the stuff that actually comes up every week. So how do you, do you give a journal that's like just for self-reflection or like, how do you, do you like look back at your reflections over time? Um, or, or what do you do with these reflections? Once you like have them, you write them down, do they just sit there or do you, do you revisit them? No, I revisit them. So I have a, uh, more of a daily checklist. It's also written. A lot of people will use their, their phones and stuff like that. And I know I'm sound like I'm like old school or something like that. I use my phone for everything except for just a handful of things. And this is one of them. I prefer physically crossing something off a list because oh, yeah. I know in your mind it actually chemically does something different than yeah. just scrolling through your iPhone or hitting an X on something and making it disappear. When you actually physically check something on a list, it's actually, again, it registers different in your mind and I find mm-hmm. that produce better results that way. That's why I switched away from actually using my to-do list on an iPhone to actually having a little journal that just had check boxes on it. So I'll write down my, to every, every day I'm writing stuff down and that's what I take when I do my reflection, I bring that with me. I look back and I, what, what I put an X on or what did I check off every day? And a lot hmm. of days, some of the stuff is the same. I write everything down on it. It's a single page. I just look to see, all right, Alex, four, four days of the week, you missed one of your posts that you're supposed to do. And it's a really important one. So I'll sit down and reflect on my other journal, which is just a journal specifically for this. I usually write two, sometimes three pages a week. And it's, wow. it's a small, it's not a full page. It's a small page. So I'm not writing a ton, but just enough to know where I'm at. So every time, 
every week I'll go to the week before at least. And sometimes I'll just keep on backtracking. If I remember, Hey, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was really struggling with this. I'm going to go back and just reread that. And it, again, it's really short, really like very focused, but just something to remind myself. All right. I write in this journal once a week and that's it. I just go back and reread it and see where I'm at. Hmm. So with your checklist that you're doing every single day, how many things approximately do you put on there? Do you limit yourself? Do you make them like big picture things, little picture things? What does that look like? So there's the, the page that I use right now, um, the little binder, I forget what it's called. Like it's something I got on Amazon, but it's okay. basically there's a, enough space for 16 checks on it. So there's, okay. it's just line by line. There's 16 things I could do and I keep it at that number. And there's some that are non-negotiable. They're on there every day and I'll rewrite them every day. Mm. Again, writing it reminds me of its importance. So, you know, I'm prioritizing it. My, my mind and my hand register that I'm writing this down every day because there's some value behind it. So really I focus on kind of towards the top will be the bigger picture things. And as it goes down throughout the day, it might be something simple like remember to pay off the credit card today or mm. remember to take off the trash. You know, little things like that will sometimes end up on the list. And I don't always fill out, there's not always 16. It's actually pretty rare that I fill out the entire thing. It's usually, I have 10, 12 things on there at most. And that's, that's what I do throughout the day. And at the end of the day, I just kind of make sure that I check everything off. If not, I exit out. If it's something I need to move over, I'll go ahead and add it to the next day then. But if not, I'll just kind of leave it X'd. And then at the end of the week is when I'm doing my reflection. I see, okay, Alex, you missed this, but did it really even matter? Did it really need to be on there in the first place? Hmm. So how do you, yeah, how do you determine your goals and how do you determine what makes it on the list? Yeah. So the, the biggest thing is it kind of goes back to my year reflection on my life. I'm not really like a guy who has giant goals every year, which I know sounds crazy because I am a structure guy. I'm a strategy guy, but there's so many things that happen throughout the year and opportunities that happen. I find it difficult to keep my goals the same throughout the year. And I, I don't mean to sound scatterbrained, but I know some people that have like five and 10 year plans. I don't know what my life's going to look like in, in 12 months from now. Sure. Like, if a year ago right now, you told me I'd be on this podcast talking to you about this, I'd say, no, I have nothing taking me in that direction. <laughs> but the, the truth is like when, when doors just open and you know they're the right one because you're being intentional with your life and you walk through them, it opens a whole new set of possibilities and opportunities. Hmm. So for me, what, what makes on this list kind of goes back to every year when I'm, it's kind of like around my birthday, I kind of think about what am I going to achieve this year? What is my goal? What is still my focus? So me, I am big on, on, I've said this a few times, helping people is my biggest thing. I believe that is my ultimate calling in life. I want to help people. And that's very broad, but I want to help people succeed in life, spiritually, and just physically. Those are all ways that are really important to me. So right after that is, is helping people is really growing business. So, and then I absolutely love creating community. It, I mean, you, you know, we both met at, uh, at um, FinCon last year and we both were we knew a lot of people there that mm -hmm. we didn't know when we first got there, right? I love making connections and helping people connect to each other. So for me, my life is always about community as well. So those are like three, three big things, you know, it's, it's, it's really important to help people just go further and it's important to help them financially with their businesses and then just find community because there's so many lonely people out there. So I always know that my future is heading in that direction. That's how I know what gets on that list every single day is, is it getting me closer to helping more people do that and myself do those things? Hmm. So once you have sort of goals that are related to your overarching themes, um, how do you prioritize which goals happen when, which things you execute on first, um, and what, is, what does that process look like for you? A lot of spreadsheets. Yeah? <laughs> not, not really a lot of spreadsheets, but I'm, I'm big, really big on using my calendar. So I just use, I use a Google calendar and I throw everything on there. So some things that people put on, like they will put on an Excel spreadsheet, or they'll write down their goals on their mirror or on a whiteboard, wherever they put it down, I actually put it in a calendar and I'll, I'll automatically and just immediately break it down. So if my goal is to 
to help a hundred clients. I say, okay, so next week that means I need to be helping five and the week after I need to be helping 10. So I'll actually schedule this out in my calendar. And that's like how I really keep track of where I'm going. I make sure that I'm actually reaching those numbers, those marks. And then I take it to an Excel spreadsheet. If I'm not actually achieving or I'm overachieving, I'll adjust those goals based on that. But it all goes back to my calendar because I don't want anything to be, for me, if it's stagnant, it's hard for me to follow. So I don't even own a whiteboard right now at all. I've gotten rid of all of them because I've just found the calendar to be so much more effective for me because I look at my calendar all the time. I've got 20, 30 things in it every day. And I've wow. got things like, you know, it sounds like a lot, but some of them are like, wake up, go to bed, you know, like all those type of things. Those are, those are important for me to have on there as well. But the truth is they're all little things that are driving me towards where I'm going. And I, I live a life that is very intentional. And I find that using it, having it all on a calendar has not only kept me focused, but also giving me control of my time. Um, just like budging, like if you're not managing your money, you don't really have control of your money, your money has control of you. It's same with your time. If you're not actually scheduling out your time and devoting it towards certain things, then it owns you. You're just gonna wake up one day and be like, man, I can't believe I'm already, you know, however old I am. Like, <laughs> I can't believe this happened. Life just passed me by. But if you're really strategic and intentional with your calendar and where it's going and how, knowing how much you can achieve per day, per week, per month, per year, you then own your time and you can really get a lot done that way. So as far as getting a feel for like what you can realistically achieve in a day, a week, a month, is that something that you've just developed over time? You know, your abilities, you know, what you're able to do in a day or Definitely. how would you, how would you recommend to somebody get started knowing even like how long something's going to take them to do or how much they can get done realistically in a day, a week, a month? Yeah. I mean, the first thing is just like doing a budget. It's the same thing. You sit down and you're going to take inventory of your biggest time, like the biggest time stealers or the things that you devote your time to the most. So hmm. number one for me is sleep is first on the list. I've, I, I tested this many, many times. I figured out my routines, how to sleep better, how to sleep worse, all that type of thing. I found that eight hours a day, you know, surprise, surprise is what's actually best for me. So I sleep eight hours a day. So that's number one, the calendar. Number two, again, being in aerospace, they've, that company has purchased eight hours of my time per day. So they get eight hours of my time per day as well. So those are the two big things. That's 16 hours of my day. I have eight left. What am I going to do with those eight? And it actually took, I'll, I'll say years for me to really figure out my capacity. But that was really important for me. There were some years where I stretched it. I wanted to see what I could do. So I, I got involved in more than I should have. Or I took off a bit more than I could chew with some different projects I was working on. But the truth is, again, it's all led me where I am now to realize, okay, I know what I can handle and what I can't handle. And hmm. it, took, it kind of took that trial and error of figuring it out. But uh, again, the, the, probably the biggest lesson I've learned over the years is to be intentional. Like people are always going to ask you for stuff all the time and you don't have to say yes, just because somebody's asking a question. There's no obligation to that. And I, it took me a long time to learn that. And yeah. so I used to just say yes to all kinds of things people would ask me to like, whether it was, Hey, can you help me with this project? Hey, can you help me run this? Can we manage this? Uh, can you help me start this, this new startup I want to do? And I just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That all sounds great. And then you hit a place of burnout where you, you wake up one day and you're like, I can't do anything. Like I can't do anything at all. All I can do is go to my job and then sleep and hopefully sleep more than eight hours a day because <laughs> I'm so tired all the time. You know, it really comes down to, to, to really figuring out your limit where you're at. So for me, just really learning my capacity was the most important thing. I really could only learn that by doing. Um, but now I know, oh, like be intentional, be focused. I actually say no to everything before I say yes. Hmm. Uh, which sounds weird. There's been some people that have offered me some really cool opportunities. I immediately say, um, I don't think so, but I'll get back to you. Hmm. And I, even my wife one time, she was like, Alex, that was like a really cool offer. Why'd you say no? I'm like, I can always go back and say yes. I'm like, <laughs> I just told them I'd get back to them. You know, like I, I can go back, but I'm not willing to 
mess up the routine that I have because I know the things I'm doing are the things I'm supposed to do. But again, just kind of going back to, to your, your question, circling back around to it, it all starts with just really understanding your capacity and then managing that time, knowing where that's at. Absolutely. And, and coming back to, to saying yes and saying no to things, I am somebody who really likes to say yes. Like when somebody asks me to do All something, right. I really like saying yes. And I really like just helping people out. Like that's, that's what drives me. And when I, when I say yes, I'm like, wow, like I'm helping this person out. I'm like hopping on a yeah. phone call with somebody um, randomly off of Instagram for like 15 minutes. And I'm like, that was awesome. I just like helped this person get started with their podcast or whatever. And now what I've started to do in the last probably week or so is every time I am even if it's somebody's not asking me to do something, even if I'm just like pulling my phone out to like go on Instagram, I, I think in my head, like, what am I saying no to right now? Like by doing yeah, this, by good. taking this action, by going on Instagram right now, or by like saying yes to something, like what am I saying no to? Because every time you say yes, you are actively saying no to a bunch of other things. And for me, just having that second to like think like, okay, what am I, what am I saying no to here? Like what is not going to get done as a result of me spending the next five, 10, 15 minutes on Instagram? And if that thing is more valuable to me than wasting 15 minutes on Instagram, going through my DMs, mm -hmm. um, then I'm not going to do that. And then I'm not going to go on Instagram. And just implementing that in the last week has been really, really impactful for me. Um, and I'm wondering if you have any um, similar things that you do or like, how do you make sure that you are being intentional uh, with the decisions that you make? You said you pretty much just say no to everything. Is that, is yeah, that your main well, strategy? Until, until you talked about helping people. I don't say no to that very often. Yeah. Helping others is extremely important. Um, you have to, this is where it comes down to when you're helping people is when you have to understand how to discern in your mind who that person is and like what their motive is. Because there, there are some people and if you're somebody who's helped people out and you've probably run into these same group of people I'm talking about right now, they will ask and ask and ask and ask mm -hmm. and ask and they, they basically want you to spoon feed them. Yeah. And you have to know when that time waster is there, that somebody that's not going to, not going to be there. Like you want to, the idea is to help somebody basically lead them to water and then them drink. Yep. But if you're just leading people to water and they refuse to take a sip and they just keep on asking, you take them closer. It's like, at some point you kind of do something yourself. Yep. So I actually, when I'm going to help people, the first thing I do is I make them do something for me. Mm. And that's how I find out if they're serious. So example, I had a, um, uh, somebody asked me last week, I've done resumes for people. That's another one of those side things I've done. And mm. Uh, yeah. So help people write a resume. And um, this was an individual asked me to do that. I was like, all right, here's what I need from you. I was like, I need, I need to know your, what, what year you graduated school, like what your GPA was, how many different jobs you've had between then. I asked them to do all this. And funny story for you here. They never got that information to me. And then about a month later, like, Hey, I really need you to help me with my resume. I'm like, I really need that information from you. <laughs> you know? And they're like, well, we can get that while we're talking. I'm like, no, I want it all before we meet. Yep. Because here's the thing, like if they're serious about it, they're going to, they need to work as well. And they have to have some buy-in. If you just help people all the time and spoon feed, it's kind of, it, it makes them reliant on you and they feel like they don't have to do anything, but people have got to have buy-in. So that's mm. a really important, an important step in like helping people. But yeah, that's one of the things I don't just automatically say no to. Um, but it all comes down to, again, discernment is really like the big picture there. Like you have to know, again, like you're saying, what am I saying no to by saying yes to this? Yeah. So it, if someone, you know, throws 10 doors in front of you, opens all of them, you don't have to walk through them all. <laughs> You've got to really know where you're going and the direction that you're heading in and what's going to have the biggest impact. And that's the one you want to walk through. And, and the truth is we can walk through some wrong ones. I've walked through plenty of wrong tours. The truth is there, there, opportunities will always come your way. You just have to pick the right ones. And if you're picking the wrong ones here and there, it's okay. Another one's going to come around, pick the right one next time. Mm.
Yeah. And like, like what you're saying, man, the worst thing is when I spend 15 minutes, 30 minutes, I hop on a call with somebody from Instagram and I give them all this advice and I'm like, okay, here's exactly how you start your podcast. Here's exactly what you need to do. And they don't do anything with it. And I'm like, man, I just spent all this time telling you exactly what you needed to do and you didn't do anything. So it makes me want to hit my head against the wall. It drives me nuts. (laughs) What more can I give you? Right. I literally just, here's the roadmap, just like start walking and, and nothing happens. So I like that idea of, of making somebody like you take one step, I take two steps, you take two steps, exactly. I take five steps, like, and just making sure that they are actually committed before you go ahead and invest your time into somebody who, who is not going to do anything no matter how hard you try. It, give, it gives buy-in, man. Yeah. Uh, it, there was a long time ago that I was helping people. In, again, I'm, I've done a lot of things in my life and I, I've always been passionate about fitness as well. I still work out an hour every day, always have. Wow. And um, I was training people while I was in the gym for a little bit. I'd go to my gym. People just ask like, Hey, can you train me? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I started helping them. And yeah, there was some product I was taking at that point. It was like some pre-workout, some post-workout stuff. And sure. the, the company was like, Hey man, we're going to give this to you, but don't give it away. Make sure you're selling it to people. I'm like, whatever. I just want to help people. I'm just going to give it to them. Yeah. I give it to them. And then like a month later, they're like, ah, I haven't really seen any results in the gym. I'm like, Oh, what'd you think of protein? Oh, I still haven't taken it. And then that's when, that's when I realized the value of actually charging somebody for something Yeah, because I gave it to them and they had zero buy-in. So it didn't really matter if they used it or not because they didn't, they didn't pay anything for it. Yeah. It just showed up in their lap. So I started charging people for it. I'm like, Hey, I'll give it to you like at cost basically, but like, I need you to buy it from me. Mm-hmm. And even some close friends are like, man, are you seriously gonna make me pay for that? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You know, like I'm yeah. going to make you, I'm going to make you pay for it. And then I always saw people with better results because they immediately had buy-in. Mm. It, it's serious, man. Like no matter how you're helping people, again, I'm passionate to help people, but we've got to make sure we're taking their own step as well. Mm. Totally, totally with you. Alex, you've been dropping some massive value on our listeners. I could talk to you all day about <laughs> reflection and I'm just learning so much from our conversation. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it at least a time or two. Um, but I've got some questions that I'd like to ask all of my guests before we wrap up the show. Are you feeling yeah, ready okay. for them? Yeah. All right, let's do it. The first thing I'm curious about is what are you excited about right now? This could be something in your business, in the wider realm of the world, um, or just something in life that you're genuinely excited about. Yeah, man, I'll, I'll stick with business because we've kind of been focused on that. Sure. But um, I'm really excited about helping people from a community perspective. Mm. I, I love that. And I love podcasting and the creating a brand podcast. That's the one that we're starting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it launches in less than, uh, what is it? Just before June. So like less than 60 days now, it's going to be launching. Exciting, and, exciting. Uh, Oh man, I'm so excited about it. And you know, that, that's kind of like, it builds community. So not only do we have an online community, but we've also got this community that's going to be built around this podcast. I absolutely love that. So I'm very excited about it, very passionate about it. I'm stoked, dude. As soon as that comes out, I'll be sure to uh, pass it along to my listeners as well. Um, I'm sure it's going to be man. amazing. Um, what habits do you have? It sounds like you live a very like regimented um, life and, and you really yeah. are intentional about your time. So I'm curious about some of the habits that you have, maybe um, other than the ones that we've covered so far. Um, yeah. I mean, you talked about working out, you talked about uh, reflection and, and journaling, um, but do you have any other habits or things you do on a routine basis? Yeah, so I have a morning, afternoon, and evening routine. Wow. And uh, I won't get into specifics of them necessarily, but okay. um, the, the morning routine is really important. I'm, I'm not a morning person naturally at all. I love to sleep in, <laughs> love it. But I wake up at 6.30 and I'm out of bed by 6.30, six days a week. Uh, mm. I don't, I don't ever miss that. It doesn't matter anything else. But the truth is like my, my morning routine only became successful when I implemented an evening routine. Mm. So here's the deal. Being a night person, I don't necessarily need an alarm to wake up. I need an alarm to go to bed. <laughs> so I have an alarm that goes off when it's time for me to go to bed and I want to make sure I'm getting that eight hours. So my evening routine, what I do is I'll actually, I, I go as far as putting out my clothes the next day. My breakfast is already made and uh, I have, have everything finished the night before that I need to do. 
And the idea is when I wake up, my morning routine is very short, but the idea is to make as least amount of decisions as possible because I'm a big believer in decision fatigue. Mm. So if I make all of my decisions the night before, and basically I'm waking up, I'm like a zombie. I'm throwing on my clothes. I'm, I'm picking up my backpack that's already got everything ready to go in it. I walk straight out the door. I even go as far as backing my car in so I don't have to wonder what's behind it. Because uh, <laughs> again, making a decision, can I back up or I need to see what's behind it? That's a decision we make. So for me, by the time I get to the office, I make a lot of very high level decisions. I'm ready to make good, solid decisions because I'm not fatigued myself at all. I'm ready to go. And that's all thanks to, again, that's my morning and evening routine. And the afternoon routine is just a, a time to take a quick break. For me, sometimes it's only 10 minutes, but it's 10 minutes to stop, take a break. And I ask myself a few questions. And one of them is how have I added value to people's lives today? Hmm. And I literally ask myself, have I made anyone's life better today? And sometimes it's as simple as telling my, my coworker, hey, you got a haircut. It looks great. That added value to their lives. Sometimes it's as simple as that. But those are three things that I do that are really, really important. Again, morning, afternoon, and evening routine. It's a big part of my life. Hmm. That's, I, I love that. I love that. I never heard anybody um, do it quite like that before. So it's, uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, um, are you, are you consuming any content right now? I know you're putting out a fair bit of content, but is there any content that you are currently consuming? Uh, so much. <laughs> uh, here's, here's the deal. I'm a firm believer that if you are only pouring out, eventually you're going to run out. Hmm. So you have to always be inputting. You can't just be outputting, um, without learning. You're, you're, you're not going anywhere. You're not growing anymore. Learning leads to, to, to growing. It leads to life. So for me, what I'm bringing in is always very important. I have a handful of different websites and sources that I use. So I read probably three, I'd say three on average articles each day on different topics that I find interesting to me. Hmm. So I read stuff on personal development. I read a few things on fitness. Some of them are on SEO, blogging, content creation, social media, all those type of things. And I basically have, uh, I don't, have you heard of um, uh, Feedly before? Feedly, sounds familiar. It's basically like an old school RSS thing where I basically subscribe to the, I think it's like 50 different websites that I like to, to pull from and, and learn from. It just puts it in like a feed reader, basically looks like Instagram. I just scroll through it and open in new tabs, the ones I want to read that day. Hmm. So I'd like the, you know, every day there's probably like 80 new articles. I'll probably pick out again, maybe three on average. And I'm like, oh, these are definitely things I want to do. So that's the content I'm consuming on a daily basis. And then I'm always reading different books. Um, I just finished one called deep work, which changed oh, my life. Yes. That one? Yes. Man, game changer. <laughs> I talk about that for hours, but we can't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that is a book that I would highly recommend you guys check out if you're listening. Um, yeah, deep work by, uh, I can't remember, Cal Newport maybe? Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely worth the read. Um, Alex, what do you do in your business that doesn't scale? Clearly, I'm sure there's a lot of things you could talk about here, but a quick example, just to give you some context. Um, one thing that I do is every single day, um, I will video, I'll pull my phone and I'll shoot a video DM to like five to 10 of my new followers on Instagram. Just being like, hey, what's up? My name's Apple. Um, I appreciate the follow. If there's anything I can do for you, let me know. Have a wonderful day. Just something really simple like that. Um, but I'd be sure to say their name um, and, and just introduce myself to them just to let them know that I'm a real person. Um, can you think of... Um, couple things in your business that, that have that personal Alex touch to them and, and aren't um, super scalable? Yeah, it's actually really similar to that. Um, whenever I go to conferences, the people that really stood out to me as mm -hmm. like people that I met that made a really big impact, uh, I'll reach out to them. This is newer. 
so just to give you some context, I didn't do this for you when I met you, but you made a big impact. But uh, this it's is all right. It's all right. Yeah, you're like, man, where, where was my? So <laughs> yeah. I, I do a video for them. I know you're thinking like, where was my video, man? Honestly, um, I guess I wasn't that important. <laughs> I guess no not. big deal. Oh uh, no, but I'll, I'll do a video for for these people that really stood out, and it's it's same thing. It's really short. It's usually a minute or two. I just talk about how like their story impacted me, how it really helped out, hmm. and it's no one else ever sees it. It's not scalable by any means. No. It's not going to go anywhere. But to me, I need to show genuine appreciation for the way that that person impacted my life because it was really important. Hmm. And, um, you know, you can't really underestimate that. Like you can't undervalue that type of thing. Yeah. Like, that is so valuable because everyone's used to getting a fall email. But when you really take the time to tell somebody, Hey, like, this is what you did for me. This is what you did for other people around there. This is how you really helped impact me. And I just want to say, I really appreciate it. When you do that in a video with that personal touch, yeah. it adds so much. And honestly, I, I'm big on like long-term value and the butterfly effect is something I firmly believe in, which mm. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Basically, yeah. the old theory is a butterfly flaps its wings on one side of the earth and the other side of the earth. Eventually, those air molecules build up and they cause like hurricanes. Yeah. And it's, it's, it was a proven theory. But I think the same thing's true. So when I'm sending these videos to these people that really impacted me. I don't know the effect it has on their life. For all I know, it could have changed the direction of something or given them more clarity and they could turn into a totally different business person because of that. And you know, that's an impact I may never know, may never see, but the truth is that is worth it and very valuable, even though it doesn't have any monetization or scalability yeah. for me. Oh, so with you on that. Like it's, it's all about the impact. Yeah. All right, Alex, you've been dropping a ridiculous amount of value on our listeners. I could talk to you all day about, about reflection and about just like personal development. Um, but we're going to wrap it up. Where can our listeners find out more about you? Where can they connect with you if they want to hear more from you um, and follow up? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that, man. It's uh, creatingabrand.com. Pretty simple. That's, awesome. that's where you're going to find everything about me. It's all right there. That's our community. That's where you can find the social links. I'll be active on all of them. You'll be able to, to find me somehow, some way through that link. <laughs> Perfect. And I'll be sure to link that up in the show notes below this episode as well. Alex, thank you so much for your time. Do you have any last parting thoughts, words of wisdom for our listeners of Young Smart Money here today? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I thought it'd be funny if I just said no. And just like ended there. <laughs> um, no, but I definitely do. Um, the most important thing for you in your life, no matter what you're doing, business, personal, relational, it doesn't matter. It's all about your identity. And your identity only, you can only find your identity when you really sit down to figure out who you are at your core without knowing that person. The longer you run from that person, the further you get from your true calling and figure out who you are. So think about that. Who is your identity? Like, what is your identity? Who are you at your core, deep, deep down inside? When you become in tune with that person is when you're really going to make and leave a big impact and fulfill the calling that you're supposed to fulfill in this earth. That was deep. It, it was, was deep. deep. It was deep. It <laughs> is true though, man. It, it is deep though. I love it. I love it. Alex, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Have a wonderful day, man. Yeah, thanks, Apple. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Young Smart Money. Again, if you guys did enjoy the show, do remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help us get in front of more people with the show. It helps you hear from even more amazing guests. It just makes the world go round when you do smash that five-star in iTunes 
iTunes. And if you guys want me to shout you out in my Instagram story, I am always up for that. So if you send a screenshot of your review to Apple Crater Official on Instagram, shoot me a DM of that or just tag me in it. Would love to repost it on my short story and give y'all a shout out there. Otherwise, I hope you guys do have a wonderful day, whether you're out walking the dog, whether you are at the gym, whatever you are up to on this fine day. I hope it is a splendid one and I will see you in the next episode. Have a wonderful day. Real quick, just launched a new project called the Online Course Examiner, basically the Yelp of online courses. It is blowing up lately, onlinecourseexaminer.com. Check it out.